today on The Travel Guys. In the travel news, bookings for winter travel continue to be strong, says the travel industry. Meanwhile, cities are creating their own COVID rules. Details next in the news. When COVID has flared up in the past, some travelers have found themselves trying to cancel planned trips. As another variant enters the picture, we remind you about cancellation rules in our Smarter Traveler segment, beginning at 320. Thomas finally joined the PreCheck Club for TSA clearance at the airport. He shares his application experience with us at 335. And Mark has a story about how a neighborhood came together at the holidays to take us home at 350. Thank you for making us part of your holiday weekend. Happy everything to everybody and welcome to the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. To Alaska, to go north to Russia's own. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Mark Kaufman and Tom Romano with you. We are underwritten, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for joining us today on this wonderful Sunday. Hope you had yourself a fabulous Christmas. Hope that all went well. Uh, Family all got together. You stayed safe. Mark, uh, was your holiday eventful in any way? Took a group on the train to Reno, Tom. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. And we'll we'll probably talk a little bit more about that next week. But uh, if you're if you're one of those folks who's thinking about, you know, taking the uh, California Zephyr up to Reno or mm-hmm. something like that for a little weekend excursion or maybe an overnighter or something like that. Why, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in detail uh, next week. Did you have a good week, sir? We did. We did. It was small gathering, but always wonderful to be with, uh, you know, the immediate family and, and enjoy Christmas. So all went well and enjoyed all the wonderful rain that we got and we're still getting and the snow that keeps coming down. So, yeah, well, uh, this is my 43rd year in the tour business, and I think it's my 41st or 42nd one away from home at at Christmas time. So uh, on on occasions in the past when when mom was still alive and stuff, sometimes we would just you know bundle everybody up and take you know just take the whole <laughs> take take Christmas uh, with us on the road. But uh, uh, had a good time in Reno. Stayed at the Silver Legacy. Uh, had a planned trip up to Virginia City that didn't quite come off because of the. Uh, the snow, Virginia City, you know, Reno is up at an elevation, but Virginia City is quite a bit higher than Reno. Yes. So if you're going up there and you're planning, oh, well, we'll just go over here and make a little trip to Virginia City. There's this one little issue, which is uh, it's a little higher in elevation and the roads are not spectacular going to Virginia City. Yeah. So it's you, you, you kind of and, and then it's all. Did I mention that they're all pretty much wooden sidewalks because this is a really authentic place Mm -hmm. so when it gets cold and it gets winter time and it freezes and stuff then that's that becomes a little (laughs) bit uh a little bit dangerous to be up there but uh they they kind of just take virginia city and roll it all up 
And when the you know the cold and the snow comes away, then they roll it all back out again. So there you go. it seems I, an appropriate way to do things. I have to ask, you were just talking about all of the Christmases that you spent on the road, a business mm-hmm. of 43 years. Can you tell me where your where sports leisure travel at that time went on their very first official oh. trip? Oh man, I that should we park that? Uh, <laughs> no, listen, it probably was John Squaga's nugget in Sparks because mm-hmm. in the early years, those were some of our first uh Christmas overnight trips, uh, per se. Uh, we've always had a, a senior and older clientele. Now I'm part of that group. Uh, but the so we've always had a lot of folks who are single and are looking for some place to spend Christmas because they might not have someone to spend it with. Or the other deal is they might have someone to spend it with, but they would love to be able to tell those people that, <laughs> you know, gosh darn it, I have other plans. And I would, as much as I would love to join you, the four dogs and the nine children, um, I, 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 this year I'm just not available. So that's what sports leisure is. We're the... I don't have anywhere to go or I'd rather not go there Christmas <laughs> sort of folks. So. Well, there you go. You, you know, you've, you're filling a niche that needs to be filled. All righty. Let's uh, I guess it's that time. Here we go uh, at the top of every travel guys radio program somewhere near there. We take care of the travel news for the week. And with the travel news here, uh, the first one after Christmas, Mark, what you got for us? Well, uh, we mentioned in the headlines that some U.S. cities are adding some uh, vaccine or testing mandates if you want to travel there. So with the the new variant in the the virus and people, you know, not wanting to lock things down and some signs that the virus, uh, that, that this particular variant is a little bit different, it may or may not be as serious. And so... Uh, we're, we're trying. All of us are really tired of locking things up and going home and closing the door. And so we're trying really hard, a lot of us, to not to have that happen this time. Um, according to CNN, cities uh, including Boston, Philadelphia, Seattle, Chicago, and others have all recently instituted or announced um, a mandate of some kind to try and help uh, prevent the spread of, spread of the new uh, coronavirus, uh, the new COVID variant. Um, Los Angeles has been mandating full vac- vaccination for food and beverage establishments since the end of November. Um, and, of course, uh, California is currently un- in an under- out- indoor mask mandate through the middle of January. Uh, New York has uh, tightened their mandate a little bit or will uh, tomorrow when they require everyone 12 and older to provide to provide full proof of vaccination instead of partial vaccination, to enter movie theaters, restaurants, and other places. Um, this information doesn't tell me if full vaccination in New York includes the booster shot or if it's just that you've had the one or two shot uh, regimen. But my guess is that it may very well include that booster because I know like at our company, um, we're saying at Sports Leisure Vacations, in order to be considered fully vaccinated as of the 20th of January, you will need to have that booster shot. Uh, San Francisco has a vaccination mandate for entry to gyms, bars, restaurants, and other venues that began in late summer. Um, it doesn't provide a testing option. Seattle is requiring patrons over 12 years uh, of age in restaurants, bars, and, well, maybe not over 12 in the bar, but um, and indoor sporting events with over 500 individuals to be fully vaccinated or provide proof 
of a recent negative COVID test. So um, add Chicago to that uh, to that list. So anyways, point of all of this is that if you are going to travel at some point in time and you haven't left home already or maybe you've left home and you've just picked up the travel guys while you're in Sacramento here, um, you really need to have a copy of your vaccination certificate um, on your phone or carry it with you. The only reason not to carry it with you is because you could lose it. And then where would you be? So if you want to carry it with you, that's great. But make a copy of it. Take a picture of it and put it on your phone because it's really, you, you know, how you, Tom, you start into the grocery store, you get halfway there and you go, oh, I forgot my mask. Mm-hmm. And you're on your way back out to the mm-hmm. to the car. So this is kind of the same sort of thing, except uh, if you get someplace and they won't let you in, you've got a ticket or you were going to dinner or something. That would be a, a little bit bigger deal than leaving your mask in your car. You know, the thing that really ticks me off, and, and and this is a guy thing, the vaccination card is too large to put in an average size wallet without wallet. Crumpling, crumpling the crap out of it. You know, they could have made it just a teeny bit smaller and it would have been fine. Now, the ladies, they could put it in their purse, you're good to go and so forth. But, you know, let's go, you know, I think there was a, there was a conspiracy uh-huh. that went into no, making No, it wasn't these. a conspiracy. It was just designed by a woman. There you go. That says, we're just going to make men crazy by making As a this- left-handed guy, yes. I have bemoaned all of my life all of the things that were designed <laughs> by right-handed people without any consideration for the fact that 10 to 15% of us are left-handed and that won't work for us. You got so, that right. Yes, I would say that the probable answer to... Uh, is that, you know, I'm not trying to be too negative here, but it was probably designed by a lady because she wasn't, she didn't have a wallet. And so that extra half inch or something that was on there wasn't of any great concern to her because, like you said, it would fit very nicely in her purse. So why not make it large enough so that people can actually read what's what's written on it? My guess is just that that might have been some yeah. of the philosophy. Sorry about that. I digress. Back to the news. Okay, Uh, cruise lines are expanding mask mandates uh, to fight the Omicron uh, variant. Uh, According to cruise critic Carnival Cruise Lines, Norwegian and Royal Caribbean have all revealed that they would at least temporarily require facial coverings in all indoor areas unless you are eating or drinking. And the press release, everybody, each one has kind of some their own little individual uh, quirks to things. So make sure that if you're planning on a cruise that you pay close attention to that. But basically, for a while, it looks like, yes, the good news is, yes, your cruise is still going. The bad news is that anytime you're close enough to somebody um, to be able to breathe on them, then you're going to have to be wearing a mask. Carnival, speaking of cruises, Carnival Cruise Lines expects full, their full fleet back in service in spring of 2022, and yes, that's a press release that's only a couple of day announcement, only a couple of days old. Uh, Carnival also announced that their occupancy in the fourth quarter um, is 58%, an improvement over the third quarter at 54%. Um, so they hope to have all of their ships in the water soon, and that's probably a reality if what we're getting from travel advisors slash travel agents mm-hmm. are reporting strong winter bookings. Um, they're also saying that bookings way into the fall of next year are strong, but they said in particular bookings for the winter over the last three or four months have been uh, really roaring through. As we've talked about here, the most popular destinations have been those that are perceived as outdoors. So places like Cancun and Hawaii 
and some of the resorts in Mexico are being perceived as warm weather outdoor places. You can lay by the pool and stay away from other people. Um, and maybe that makes you maybe those are destinations where whether or not you are safer or not, you at least feel safer. And I think right now that's part of the battle. Uh, let's see here. We've got a list of best cities for New Year's from our friends at Wallet Hub. Sacramento finished way up the list at 66. Uh, let's see. To determine which cities are best, uh, they everything from safety and vaccination rates. <laughs> How interesting that that would yeah. be part of. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know what I'm waiting to hear here as number one and uh, – uh-huh. Yeah, uh huh. Also, the data set ranges uh, uh, included food quality options and costs. Uh, so, what do you think is number one? Okay, you know, uh, I'm going to go New York City. Oh, I thought for sure you would say Las Vegas. Well, Vegas was on my top three. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what's the other one in your top three? Well, let's see. I, I would say uh, San Francisco. Ah, okay. Well. Uh, Mr. Houdini, you're doing pretty well there. New York is actually number one, and Las Vegas is number two. Orlando, Orlando, the Mouse of course, Kingdom, yeah. Um, yeah. is number three. So it's New York, Las Vegas, Orlando, Atlanta, Miami, Washington D.C. Then San Francisco is seventh. Denver, Louisville, Houston, Philadelphia, Seattle, Los Angeles, Austin, Chicago, Nashville, Buffalo. Buffalo. How interesting. San Diego, Dallas, and San Antonio round out the top 20. But remember, part of the criteria is the vaccination rate and the safety rate. So that could very well mean that uh, some of those cities that you say, wait a minute, why would they be on there as the best cities for New Mm -hmm. Year as well? If you're going to go out and be in a crowd Mm -hmm. somewhere, then you probably would prefer to be in a city where – 75% 75% of the people are vaccinated as opposed to a city where 60% are vaccinated. Right. And the celebrations are mostly outdoors. I guess San Antonio uh, Riverwalk, uh, I'm guessing, is would drive some of the popularity there. I, I don't really see that. But, uh. Yeah, quite a, quite possible. Hey, listen, Southwest Airlines, which for a lot of years has been known for a having a three-tiered fare system, uh, the the... The cheap fare, the one with a few restrictions, and the one that has no restrictions that you're going to buy at the very last minute. Um, Southwest is creating a new fare category. Not a whole lot is known about it just yet, uh, but it's thought maybe the new category will be in between the lower and uh, mid-tier fares. Uh, Let's see. This is one of Southwest uh, comments says, we believe this will better segment our fare structure in line with the buying habits and needs of our customers while allowing us to generate more revenue. Well, at least they were honest because usually what you get is uh, this will allow us to get our fare structure in line with the buying habits and needs of our customers. End. Southwest at least said, while allowing us to generate more revenue, which anybody who's ever been in business or has been on the planet for a while knows that these new little things are often created under the guise of customer service, and they don't have a damn thing to do with customer service. They have to do with separating the customers from a little bit of their money. Fascinating. So, okay. One last Wait. item here. Uh, in Na- This is in Napa. This is going to be January the 15th, the March the 13th. So we'll try to get somebody uh, on a future show to talk about it. This is the Napa Lighted Art Festival. Uh, it runs seven days a week. 
and it's going to be at it's it's a free walkable open air illuminating art festival. It's going to take place from January fifteenth until March thirteenth. This is the fourth annual, but the first time that they've been able to do it for a couple of years. So uh, that sounds kind of marginally interesting. I'll find out some more about it, and we will fill you in on it on a future Travel Guys show. And that, Mr. Romano, would be your travel news for today. All right, our Smarter Travelers segment comes up next. We're going to talk about more tips, safety stuff, and negotiating travel uh, during these COVID times. That's right here on the Travel Guys. Hey there, Mark and Tom here, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for joining us. By the way, uh, special tips and good stuff to make you a smarter traveler and and a lot of entertaining things as well can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. Tom, uh, we have another COVID variant on our hands. This one may not may or may not be as much of a pain in the rear end to travelers as the last one, but I felt we should just take a couple minutes here to remind people as the Omicron uh, variant becomes it comes into play here. A lot of people are going to be looking and say, well, geez, you know, I booked that trip and now I'm not sure if I want to go or not. And when should I cancel? And the answer is really you should cancel with it as much in advance as possible. But you should take a look at the paperwork for the cruise, the tour. Uh, maybe it's just a maybe you're going to San Francisco for the day and you signed up for something in the city. And you're wondering, well, gee, you know, maybe I don't want to go do this now. Can I get my money back? Can I reschedule for another time? Um, and in many cases, the answer is yes, uh, but may not be yes to all of those things. And sometimes it's going to depend on when you cancel. At my own company, we have a very liberal cancellation policy up until 60 days before departure. You can get everything back until 60 days. Why is it that Date so important because at 60 days we start confirming the number of air seats that we're holding and we're responsible for them. We're confirming the number of hotel rooms we're holding and we're responsible for 90% of them. We're starting to make reservations for uh, special dinners and special events and stuff and pay deposits that may be non-refundable. So from a tour operator's standpoint, 60 days out is a time when I start to make non-refundable payments in in detail on your behalf. Um, For other people, airlines, restaurants, car rental companies, they have different rules and they have different clientele. So having a cancellation three days ahead of time may give them plenty of time to resell that. But it may not. So everybody has different rules. And what we've been seeing a lot of is people getting caught within those rules. Um, canceling a rental car. Most of the time, those can be canceled uh, right up until arrival. But but some companies have rules that charge you some amounts if you don't cancel within a certain period. Hotels are that way. It used to be a hotel could be canceled day of arrival. Now, in most cases, hotels have to be canceled a day or two ahead of time. On holiday periods, sometimes they have to be canceled further ahead than that. Um, canceling an Airbnb, oh, man, that's all over the place. And a lot of times there are charges even after you've made your final payment. So you want to make sure we've talked in this program about the importance of looking at those final details carefully And this is where one of those things comes in because all these people have different cancellation dates, penalties, reasons for them. Some of them are flexible a little bit and some of them are not. 
So as long as soon as I've spent money on your behalf, if you don't have a insurance covered medical reason for cancellation, then you're not going to get that money back. So that's where a lot of this comes from. You know, uh, if someone is really confused about what they're reading online or in their reservation stuff that was sent to them by whoever it is that they may be thinking about a cancellation, would you recommend that they 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 call and speak with someone and, and explain the situation and have someone tell them what it is they're up against. Because sometimes they be just beautiful. can't figure it out. That's a beautiful idea, Tom, but the reality is that travel, like many other industries now, is going more to artificial intelligence. You call on the phone. You don't get to talk to a real person. Um, leave a message. Send an email to this address. We'll get back to you, etc. cetera. So, um, yes, the idea of calling, and, and if you do business with a company where you can pick up the phone and actually call them, then good for you. Um, if, you're, if, if you're not... Why then? That's why you've read those things in advance. And the other thing is, you didn't wait until two hours before the fee was to kick in in order to call. When you realize it two weeks ahead of time, now you called. So if you can't get through on that day, or it's a Sunday, or their phone lines are down, or the website is down, that you have other alternatives available to you. But really, the point I'm trying to make here is that you've got to take, you've got to put your big boy and big girl pants on. You've got to take responsibility for yourself and you've got to read and know when you buy a travel product, when is the last time that I can cancel this? It may be right now and it may be the day before the, the tour or whatever takes place, but you need to know that. Do your homework. There you go. From, from Uncle Mark, I, I, I look at Mark, and, and he reminds me of my, my older brother uh, lecturing me on the right thing to do. And he was always right. <laughs> it still is. It's just that Mark is way younger than my older brother. In fact, he could be my younger brother. All right, more, more of the Travel Guys coming up. We're going to talk about Tom's pre-check experience. That's next here on the Travel Guys. Hey there, my friends. It's Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, always here every Sunday, 3 to 4. It is the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Don't forget now, TravelGuysRadio.com for interviews, uh, links to our special guests, more travel tips, fun information to make you a smarter traveler, and just just entertaining stuff can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. Well, okay, Mark, I have now entered the ranks... Of the official pre-check people, not 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 quite yet, but but I'm I've done the hard part. Now it's just a matter of waiting and watching my email. <laughs> so, yeah, so soon, soon you'll be able to go to the airport and just feel like a very special person. When do you get to? When do you get to like O'Hare or LaGuardia? Yeah. during rush hour someday, and you uh, you go to the pre-check line. And the pre-check line is almost as long as the other line. <laughs> I can um, I can believe that. That does happen on occasion, <laughs> um, especially as we've gotten more people who have um, gotten into the the realm of pre-check. So tell me uh, here, you've you've been a travel guy for a decade, and and you like to travel. I mean, you you yep. go places. Mm-hmm. So what is it that finally made you get off your butt? I mean, um, what is it that finally gave you the incentive? <laughs> To uh, to to go to pre-check. I mean, was it was it a particularly long line, or did pre-check come to your house, or uh, you know, run off with your wife, or what happened here? Well, it's a combination of things. You know, early on when the pre-checks began, 
they would hand out pre-checks to some other folks that weren't signed up. Uh-huh. They would just yes. arbitrarily pick uh, flyers that were pretty regular flyers that I, for whatever Low the risk. reason, they, they felt uh, felt uh, confident were safe. And uh, my wife and I would get pre-check. And we'd go, well, this is great. We don't have to go and pay my $85. We'd, we're just getting it. Maybe it's because... It's because I know Mark Hoffman, the, the travel guy, and they found out. And so if he's got pre-check, then Tom's OK. Uh-huh. Well, you know, that that wasn't the case. But as you you're probably aware, all of those went away. And uh, yes, then, then the then the issue became, man, I don't know if I want to drive out to the airport where they got that little box over in the corner where you can sign up for pre-check and all of that and so on and. So so more time went by and mm-hmm. then uh, I was looking online and I realized that there is other locations or at least one other location where you can go without going to the airport and do the pre-check. So that was probably the, you know, the main reason why we wanted to do it. We had experienced it. We thought it was great. They took it away because we weren't really qualified. We hadn't we hadn't gone through all the the right processes. So we decided we fly enough. It's convenient. We're, we're going to do it, uh, even though we have hit a couple of times where the lines were pretty long. So it it started off there. And uh, uh, by the way, when you go to the TSA's website, was where you're going to want to go. Uh, to get signed up for pre-check. There are some forms that you can fill out online, uh, and there you can make an appointment. And I had a choice. I could have made it at the airport, or there just so happens to be a secret little place out off of Troxel in a Staples. You know Staples. You can get Staples there. Uh Yeah. Yeah. That's not all. You can get, they, it's kind of like being at the airport. There's a little box in the back of the store. It's, it, it's a kind of like a little office with an open air top. And that's where you go. You, you make your appointment. It's set for a time. They send you reminders. Uh, we, we booked it probably a good 30 days ago before our date came up for us to go out and, uh, and get pre-checked. So, so, how, so, so you, you made an appointment. Yep. And how long did the whole process take? How how long was your appointment? Well, it was interesting. We got there and we walk into the store and we asked the the clerk at the front of where is the pre-check? And he, he pointed to the back. He says, it's back there. You'll see some people in, in, in line. Well, they were smart enough to put the, the pre-check thing right where they sell the chairs. So there were mm-hmm. people sitting in chairs lined up. And I go, well, gosh, looks like it's going to take a while. So we walk in and we stand in there. There's half a dozen people ahead of us there. And then all of a sudden, the gal calls out my wife's name. And so we, we both go together. And, and we happen to be people with appointments. The rest of the people that were there were walk-ups. Uh-huh. Okay, so you can go, you can take your chances and do a walk-up. And maybe one of the reasons there were a few more walk-ups there that particular day was the airport pre-check was closed. And uh-huh. uh, let me take you back. This was Monday, okay, a week ago tomorrow. So mm-hmm. so we went out, and, and there were people standing in line. They had gone out to the airport, and it was closed, so they came to this location. So uh, literally, we, we showed up 15 minutes early, 
And within five minutes, they were calling our name. We literally got into the box, if you will, uh, to finish the paperwork and all uh, in in a five minutes from the time we got there. Wow. And the the process would have been a lot quicker. But the, the gal that was helping us, she just loved to talk. And I was feeling bad because I could see these people outside, you know, waiting. And she wanted, she had a million questions, but none of them's that much to do with the the pre-check. You know, I can't. So you were there 20 minutes? Uh, yeah, I'd say about 20 minutes be, for the both of us to, to okay. get through the process. You know, the you want to be prepared. You want to make sure that your name on your driver's license matches up with the two documents that you need to take. One being your driver's license. Uh, and your, your your birth certificate. For some reason, you made some minor changes in one or the other. There, it's going to be a red flag. And then the ladies, if you're married, and I don't know, I think this is going to stop one of these days where women take the man's last name. Because mm-hmm. when you go in there, they don't really care about the man's last name, except for the fact that how did you get it, and can you give us your, can you show up with your marriage license? So you got to have your marriage license. And if you were divorced, you're going to have to have your divorce papers with you as well. So, ladies, so the point being that you, you, there, there, there is documentation that you have to take with you. Yes, and it is it, it is outlined online on the TSI TSA website when you start signing up for pre-check. The other thing is, is if you're one of these people that filed off your fingerprints for any reason. <laughs> Or in my wife's case, was slaving over a keyboard for decades at the state of California because they will want to take your thumbs and they want to take all of your fingertips and they put put them on this machine. And she was kind enough to reach over and try to shove my fingers through the through the fingerprint reader to try to get a to get a signal, to try to get Mm -hmm. a print. She says, well, your right hand's okay, but your left hand is a mess, and uh, we'll just have to rely on a lot of background check for you, sir. All of that. So for the people in the audience who thought Tom was kidding about filing off his fingerprints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't do a lot of I, – I look at my fingers. I, I see some prints there. But at any rate, I, I blame it on kind of like the, the world's greatest fingerprint reader. Well, some people take better pictures, and apparently some people take better fingerprints. And be prepared to have a photograph taken. So if you, uh-huh. you, you know, I mean, it's it's going to be part of it. Now, so uh, tell your so tell your wife to shave that morning. There you go. <laughs> and then I have a question to follow up with you here. For whatever okay. the reason, I was under the impression that when this is all done. That they would send me a, I would get a little card or something in the mail, and and I would I would be able to flash it and show it off and so forth, but not true, as you know. You will get a number, mm-hmm. you will get a code, and that code becomes your code as a pre-check individual. Now, Mark, you can explain to the audience how you use that code once you get it to secure your pre-check. Uh, airplane ticket right and what you're going to do is when you get that that it's a code code is a good description because it's a combination of letters and numbers and you're going to be able to in there'll be a place for you to enter that every time that you let's say for example you're a united frequent flyer or in your case tom i think southwest is your your preferred airline there you go so you can go into your account 
on South Online and Southwest and enter that number. And then hypothetically, every time that you buy a ticket, that number will will the computer will prompt them and they will know that you have a a pre-check number and that you are entitled to to that privilege. I will tell you that early on in covid. Uh, a lot of people's numbers were not showing up. It's not uncommon for us now. If I'm traveling with a group of 25 to 30 people, that half of them will have pre-check. And five years ago, the number would have been one or two. But now people who fly frequently have seen the value in that. And so there'll be a lot of them that will have the pre-check number. So if I'm passing out boarding passes at the airport, and the airline forgot somehow the pre-check numbers didn't get there, I'll usually find out within, oh, about 25, 30 seconds that, hey, where's my pre-check number? Because this is, you know, you pay for it. If you get aboard, if, if, if you got up to security and they said, well, sir, you can't go through pre-check, you wouldn't be very happy. Right. So you have a, a, a code, a letter number code that you can enter in every, that you can give them every time you buy a ticket or you can enter it into records that will allow them to automatically. But it is not, there's two things. One is that that's subject to all of those systems working perfectly. And the other thing is nothing is for sure when it comes to TSA. So even though you have pre-checked, there is a slight possibility that you could still be flagged to go through a more intensive security uh, set up. And even just because you have pre-check doesn't necessarily exclude you from those random screenings and stuff like that. Now, the pre-check number and the word will appear on your on your ticket. Yes. So I would recommend that the moment that uh, that you get your ticket, whether you print it at home or you, you print it uh, at the airport where they give it to you there, that you confirm that it's on there right away. And I'm guessing if you got the time, you could you could bring it to the attention of the clerk and do something if, about it. If it doesn't appear on your ticket or your boarding pass, then yes. If you have that number with you, it's kind of like your COVID vaccination. You need to carry that code with you somewhere so that you can reference it. And then you can get you can get it added frequently if it's not already on there. So it is something that you can do. And, and I will tell you, the system's not perfect. Ten or fifteen percent of the time, your number is not going to be on there. And on a rare occasion, that will be because you are one of those random selections. But frequently, it's just because there was some type of a snafu. And it usually doesn't seem to be human error. It usually just seems to be, you know, for some reason, the machine didn't pick it up. But it's reasonably dependable. It's a teach. TSA PreCheck is a huge time saver. I'm going to look into Clear for personally myself, which is another option at the airport. Right. But, um, if you fly more than two or three times a year. Um, $85 for five years. My goodness. What does that break down to? $17 a year. So if for five bucks, every time you went to the airport, you could get through a lot easier. And remember, Sacramento is one thing, but when you're coming back from one of these busy East Coast airports or something like that, or you fly to Denver, you know, and there's 600 people in the pre-check line, in the uh, security line in the morning, uh, then being able to go to pre-check where there's only 25 people in line, uh, makes a huge difference. So th- this is a good service, and it's gotten to where now it's become more dependable, and the the, the pre-check people will hustle you through there better. So if, if you, you've done the right thing, my friend, I assure you. Thank you, thank you. I'll uh, be watching for my code. I'll be also anxious to see if it comes prior to my next departure, which is uh, early early January. Uh, I mm-hmm. kind of don't think it's going to get here. And if it does, I don't know if it's going to actually appear on my uh, on my tickets. Uh, this, well, you this can quickly. you can come back and you can come back and uh, 
you know, and let us all know how I, that how that all went for you. All right. Well, so there you go, my friends. Go to what is it? TSA.gov? We, if you go to TravelGuysRadio.com Radio.com. in anticipation of this little conversation, yes. um, we have a link right there that'll take you to the TSA, but I believe it's TSA.gov. All righty then. All right. Mark, uh, you have a story about how a neighborhood came together at the holidays. I that- do, and a couple of other little uh, quickies here. So we'll uh, we'll have a, what I think will be a nice holiday closing and a couple remaining travel tips when we come back. Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. I, I know that there was something that you wanted to tell folks about, and I didn't give I you a chance a while yeah, ago. So Yeah, I got a little story here, and I got a couple odds and ends. Um, Robert Sugar was a gentleman who won one of our Man- uh, Mannheim Steamroller prizes. Yes. Gave those away a couple weeks ago. Yes. And uh, came by to pick up the his prizes at our office and brought us this huge bag of mandarin oranges. Oh. And so... Um, how cool is that? Someone came to pick up a, a present and left a present. Well, thank you, Robert. So, um, yeah, and, and Robert, I just want to tell you that, you know, for the last several days, the man, every time I, I look at somebody, they're either stuffing one in their mouth or there's one sitting on their desk. <laughs> so for all of the bad things that the people who work at Sports Leisure Vacations will eat at Christmas, here's something good. Another little reminder here. Let's see. This is from another listener. This is from Linda. Liebrock, I want to say, if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I apologize. L-E-I-B-R-O-C-K. Uh, Linda is from Naples, Florida, and listens to um, our podcast on occasion. And uh, she heard about the whole Marriott, uh, you know, when they're telling you about the resort fees and, and stuff like that. She says that recently she booked an international uh, stay, $102 room rate, an additional service charge. Of thirty-six dollars and seventy-two cents uh, appeared on her bill, mm-hmm. and she was told it included insurance, building maintenance, and salaries. What is um, what is she a timeshare owner? Uh, no, she was just checking into a to a Marriott. You know, sometimes it says resort fee, and sometimes it says service charge, and we've had them service called destination charge. fees, and you know, all of those kinds of things. But anyway. Uh, she was just uh, pointing out that is that ridiculous that they would say, well, yes, part of this m- amount of money we've set aside here is to pay salaries, to which mm-hmm. a normal person would say, well, if that's a normal business expense, why wouldn't that just be part of the room rate? Right. Unless, of course, you were hoping to mislead people that your room rate was lower than yeah, it really was. Well, Whoops. Yeah. Um, one other quick reminder here about scams at Christmas time. This is really going around a lot. They've talked about it on the Elliot.org website uh, by the way if you're uh, you have any type of consumer problem particularly in the travel industry elliot 2 l's and 2 t's.org um, chris is roaming the planet and we'll connect with him sometime in the next uh, few weeks here but he has reminded folks don't buy and give away gift card numbers there is almost no circumstance <laughs> under which you would go and buy a gift card and then give that number to someone else in order to fulfill some kind of obligation so if if you've got somebody that's calling you on the phone or emailing you or just saying, you know, personally, uh, you can pay this off by give, buying a gift card and giving me this number. Well, um, you're about to be scammed. So when it comes to buying gift cards and relaying the – scratching something off and relaying the secret number to somebody, no, 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 and then no and no and no again. Don't do it. 
Uh, it, it, even if it were, if it's somebody that you know and you owe them twenty five dollars, you give them a twenty five dollar gift card. Let them scratch off the back of it. But just be careful. This whole gift card thing. Buy it and give us the numbers, and then we'll send you a twice as much gift card and all this stuff. No, you're about to be scammed. All right. Anyway, there's a Christmas story that I found here. Um, this is about a neighborhood in Baltimore County, which is uh, Baltimore, Maryland, basically. And uh, started last November with a single string of Christmas lights on a street. Kim Morton was home watching a movie with her daughter when she received a text from her neighbor, who lives directly across the road. He told her to peek outside. One of the neighbors had run a string of white Christmas lights stretching from his home to hers in the neighborhood. He also left a tin of homemade cookies on her doorstep. The lights, he told her, were meant to reinforce that they were always connected despite their pandemic isolation. I was reaching out to a neighbor to literally brighten her world, he said. He knew his neighbor was facing a dark time. You see, she was dealing with depression and anxiety and grieving over the loss of a loved one and struggling with work-related stress, a lot of the things that many of us have had to deal with during COVID. The mounting pressure led to panic attacks. Mr. Riggs, the gentleman who strung the Christmas lights, he could relate. Guiding his two teenagers through remote school was draining, financially tough, And by the end of the year, he was just beside himself. A bit of brightness was in order, he decided, but he certainly did not expect that his one strand of Christmas lights would somehow spark a neighborhood-wide movement. In the days that followed his light-hanging gesture, neighbor after neighbor followed suit, stretching lines of Christmas lights from one side of the street to the other. When other neighbors saw what he had done, they all wanted to join in. Little by little, the whole neighborhood started doing it. The lights were a physical sign of connection and love. Eventually, there were dozens of strings of Christmas lights from trees to houses all over the neighborhood. What blows my mind, said the man who started it, is that it was all organic. It just happened. There was no planning. It just grew out of everybody's desire for beauty and joy and connection. Seeing his neighbors adopt the idea genuinely brought tears to my eyes, he said. From such a humble beginning, a little act, became it became this event. And now we are into the second year um, here in this Baltimore County neighborhood. And once again, the neighbors have strung Christmas lights back and forth to each other's houses. Is that not one of the coolest things you've ever heard of or not? That is that is just a, a heartwarming story. That is great. Thanks, Mark. It's really cool. And if you would like to see a picture of the neighborhood, you can go to ca- TravelGuysRadio.com and you can find uh, the entire story there. I've just given you a piece of it and you can also see uh, a picture of the neighborhood and maybe that's something that uh, wouldn't that be cool if that happened in neighborhoods all over the country? It would. It would. Uh, that is that is great. A lot of neighborhoods light up their houses and do some big neighborhood things. But the way that one started organically with a purpose of trying to warm somebody's heart and, and step in and bring some cheer. Great story, Mark. A perfect way to end today's program. Final words. Remember, dance like nobody's watching. And next weekend... Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, everyone. You stay well. Join us next time here on The Travel Guys.